My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. This is Ann Hanley, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett. My goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas to make you a better marketer so you can grow your business. Don't worry about taking notes. I'm going to do that for you, and you can find them all at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Ann Handley, and we're going to talk about her newest book, a Wall Street Journal bestseller, Everybody Writes, your go-to guide for creating ridiculously good content. Anne is co-author of the best-selling book on content marketing, which, by the way, has been translated into nine languages. Uh, the book is Content Rules, how to create killer blogs, podcasts, videos, ebooks, webinars, and more that engage customers and ignite your business. Cited in Forbes as the most influential woman in social media, Anne is the chief content officer of Marketing Profs, a training and education company with the largest community of marketers in its category. She's a columnist for Entrepreneur Magazine, a LinkedIn influencer, a keynote speaker, mom, writer, and dog lover. And congratulations on Everybody Writes and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you, Doug. I am very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. First off, I just wanted to share something with the listeners about the effect that the book has had on me. <laughs> One is, when I read the book, I laughed out loud a lot more than somehow I thought I would. <laughs> I mean, you read a book about writing, and here I am laughing, and you know, people in the room are, you know, my wife's saying, what, what, what are you reading? <laughs> and it's also, since I've, I've read it, as I'm writing, as all marketers seem to be doing now, it's, it's almost like you're sitting there or somewhere in my consciousness, you know, coaching me on, <laughs> sort of like, oh, wait, that's right. She said, oh, yeah, that's right. So it's, that's so um, anyway, that's the effect. Um, that's great. I'm very happy to hear that because, you know, the last thing that I wanted to do when, um, you know, when I thought about writing a book about writing was to make a boring book about writing. And, um, and so literally I felt like I had to, I really had to walk the walk with this one and, and create a book that was fun to read and that got people fired up about, you know, writing. And, um, and so I'm happy to know that at least it had that effect on you. So that's one. <laughs> <laughs> I think others too. Um, oh, yeah. So tell us uh, more of the backstory that, that led to this book. Uh, I mean, writing a book about writing, it seems like, uh, you know, Herculean efforts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was very intimidating, actually. Um, you know, it's funny, after the success of Content Rules, and, you know, there have been many other books about content marketing that came out since that book, you know, after that book. Um, I just didn't feel that the world needed another book about content marketing. Um, but the thing that I thought was missing was a book about writing uh, in a marketing content point of view, you know, from the, in that context. And so that's really what I set out to do. I, I felt that what was missing um, and what I couldn't find was a book that functioned as part writing guide, 
and also um, that so part part writing guide, part grammar guide, and also really just a, a tool that would help people tell better stories and create better content. There are plenty of books about writing that that are already out there. You know, I mean, Stephen King's on writing is amazing. Mm-hmm. The Elements of Style by E. B. White—that's been my go-to guide since I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so those books exist. But what what didn't exist was a book that was really framed for a marketing and a business audience. Um, and then also, you know, sort of like you said in, in your very kind introduction, you know, that really fires people up about creating content that, that you don't think about it as, uh, oh, God, another writing book. How boring is that? You know, writing is not boring. And I feel like our words carry really important messages to our customers. And I wanted people to embrace the power of them. I think that the word inspiration is there. You, that's it's, uh, the lingering effects. It's like, come on, you, you, you can go do this. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Let me ask you another question, though, which I think is important. The book is Everybody Writes, Your Go-To Guide to Creating Ridiculously Good Content. Tell a story of why it's ridiculously good content. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I actually, that, that's, I had such a hard time with the title, you know, I went back and forth about what to call this book. I would, my editor, Shannon Vargo at Wiley, um, she was getting an email from me at one point, almost every other day with a list of, you know, 10 different titles. Um, and it was finally Christina Halverson, my, my good friend who, um, who runs a fantastic event called Confab in every May in Minneapolis and also has an agency called, uh, content strategy agency called Brain Traffic there. Um, she was the one who called me up one day and gave me the title, Everybody Writes. You know, she called me and she said, all right, here's the title. I've got it. And she said, Everybody Writes. And I brought that one to Wiley and they said, oh, I don't know about having <laughs> writing in the title. But this one, I really, I felt in my heart was the right one. You know, it's kind of like when, um, you know, when you have those moments in life that it just feels right. And I just, this was one I was going to go to bat for. And so I made the case that, no, I think if I use contents in the subtitle, <laughs> I think we'll be Okay. And the the go-to guide to ridiculously good content just came to me because I think we are all capable of good content, you know, ridiculously good content. I didn't say ridiculously great content because I think ridiculously great content really does take, I, I do think there are special people who can create ridiculously great content, you know, people who are really gifted writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we are all capable of producing some really good stuff. And, and that's really what this book aimed to do is to arm people to be able to do that. Yeah. And so it's not, you don't have to be Ernest Hemingway right, uh, exactly. to, to be a good writer. People are capable of much better writing than I, I think they realize. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you know, one of the things that I discovered when I was researching this book is that people say things like, I can't write. And to me, that's really folly. You know, I think we are all writers. You know, it's like you never hear somebody say, or I can't cook, for example, or I can't balance a checkbook. I mean, everybody has some basic skills in life. The cooking analogy is a good one. All, you know, all of us are capable of feeding ourselves. You know, we can all sort of, you know, put together something that, that can be nourishing for ourselves or for our family or whatever. And I think that writing is very much the same way. You know, it doesn't mean that you are going to be a five-star chef and open up your own restaurant, but it does mean that you have some basic skills to equip you to go through life without being a complete a complete jackass now. So I think, um, I think that that's, it's a very similar notion that I have about, um, about writing. And in the book, uh, you talk about how nearly everybody has been uh, traumatized, perhaps by a uh, sixth grade English teacher, that they, they don't know how to write, and they're never going to amount to anything as a writer. And I remember hearing 
you know, the best-selling author, David Merriman Scott, saying that in college he got like a C in the one English course he, he took, and they said you're never going to make it as a writer, and he's now written 10 books. So uh, what, what, talk about the harm that does and, and why people should, should get rid of that notion. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, you, that is absolutely true. You know, in the research that I did for Everybody Writes, I realized that a lot of people do self-identify as a, um, you know, as, as a traumatized writer in one way or another. Uh, many of us have been told along the way that we're not a good writer like, like David. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think that's true. I think if you have some basic... Um, you know, with some, with some, armed with some basic instruction, I think any any of us can be better writers, and, and all of us can be good writers. Um, and so, I think a part of that is just quieting that voice in your head. You know, turning it around and saying that you are a writer, you can be a writer, and stop self slandering as somebody who is not a good writer. One of the stories I tell in the book is that I think we are all awful writers on the first draft. You know, so allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to sort of put that first draft out there, but then don't stop there, right? So so sort of barf up that first draft <laughs> I talk about in the book. Um, and then, you know, go back to it and rework it into something that isn't hideously horrid to look at. Um, you know, if you read the first drafts of all of the smaller parts of Everybody Writes, I mean, you would be horrified. You would say, you are not qualified to write the first <laughs> Um, and I think that's true of many, many writers. You know, many writers who I admire are terrible writers on the first draft, but what they are is excellent editors of their own work. And so I think most people who think they're bad writers actually just aren't patient enough or don't go to the next level and rework what they've already produced to make it into something that's eminently more attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, now that you've brought up the subject of barfing, um, uh, <laughs> on my... Uh, on my desk here, I have a quote. I wrote it on the back of one of my business cards, and it says, Barf up a first draft, mm-hmm. Anne Handley. That's awesome. Uh, and I think it was, uh, might have been Hemingway, uh, said something like, uh, Write drunk, edit sober. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which yes. I've, you know, I've um, tried. Yeah, I produced uh, some drink coasters as a promotion for everybody writes that has that. To cap that off, just today on the, I think it was the HubSpot blog, I was reading a, one statement that said, and I wrote it down, though more than 90% of marketers now use content marketing, just 42% of B2B marketers and 34% of B2C marketers, business to consumer marketers, believe they are effective at this. Mm. So they all need to read the book now, and I guarantee they'll feel better. Now, the book talks about three reasons why we need to wage war on mediocrity, which was one of my favorite parts. And uh, if you could, wanted to walk through those. The first one was, we have become a planet of publishers. Yeah, we have become a planet of publishers. You know, that stat that you just mentioned, you know, is 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 bears that out, right? You know, 90% of B2B marketers, and I think it's something like 86% of B2C marketers, according to research that Marketing Profits and the Content Marketing Institute um, produced, uh, showed that we all are publishing content, right? So 90% of B2B marketers are producing some kind of content, and 86% of B2C marketers are producing some kind of content. So there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, we all are a, a planet of publishers. And I think we're getting better at it. You know, some of the, those of us who have been on the, at the forefront of this, you know, we're, we're doing all the right things. You know, we're setting up the necessary structures to produce content consistently. You know, we're really doing a good job, I think, of creating publishing arms within our organizations. 
but at the same time, I, I, you know, I think we have a ways to go because, as you just said, you know, we're not confident that a lot of the marketing that we're producing, a lot of the content that we're producing really is effective for us. And I'm not saying that's solely because um, that we're not writing well, that we're not producing ridiculously good content, but I think writing is a cornerstone and the story that we're telling is a cornerstone of so much of that marketing um, that I think it's, it's worth thinking about, you know, how can we tell better stories? How can we have an economy when we're speaking to the people we're trying to reach? You know, how do we use them with more intention? Because I do think that's part of the equation. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that with so many people publishing, what's happened is the table stakes. Right. It used to be just the fact that you had the mechanism by which you could communicate. Yeah. That was half the battle right there. But now all these gates have fallen down and everybody has a megaphone now. Right, exactly. Every, and that is table stakes. That's exactly right. You know, content is table stakes. And so the question becomes, you know, how are you going to differentiate? And I think being more intentional with the words they use, that we use, telling better stories, I mean, those are some things that we can do. Mm -hmm. Now, and then the second one, of course, related to the first, is brevity and clarity matter more than ever. Yes. Yeah, this is one that's near and dear to my own heart only because I have been editing marketers for a very long time. You know, I founded Clixie in 1997 when my now 18-year-old daughter was a newborn. And in pretty much since then, I've been editing marketers. And I assure you, marketers spend a lot of time, use too many words. Uh, you know, they just, they can, they can communicate with far more brevity, far more economy of words than is necessary. And the reason why that's so important, of course, does relate to the first point, you know, that there is a lot of content out there. But I think it really comes down to having a respect for your audience, you know, really using words with more intention to communicate with those you are trying to reach, because you are respecting their time, right? You know that they have all these different pulls on their time. There are so many different ways that they can go into, you know, content speaking. Um, and so I feel that, uh, you know, we really do need to be a little bit more intentional with how we're communicating. And that includes being very brief and, and very clear. So yeah, those things do matter now more than ever. And I think just to put some numbers on that, if I'm not mistaken, in the book here, you mentioned that you did some uh, back of the envelope math, and it was like maybe 40,000 things you've edited. Yeah, I know. I think I did count that up just for this. Was it 40, 30 or 40,000? It was something like that. It was a crazy number. Yeah. I got tired when I looked at it. I remember that. So. <laughs> yeah. The third point was what matters now isn't storytelling. What matters is telling a true story well. Absolutely. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. And really what I mean by that is, is telling quality stories. Unfortunately, quality is one of those words that's a little bit amorphous. You know, it's a little hard to identify what do you actually mean by that. So I tried to break it down for people. And in my mind, you know, really quality content has three elements. The first is it's useful, right? It has a utility to it. It helps people do something, even if that's only to make a decision. The second thing is inspiration. And that may be that your content is creatively inspired, or maybe it's inspired by data, you know, something you know about your audience, or maybe even both. And the third thing is it, it has empathy for your customer. You know, it's relentlessly focused on their needs. You know, you're thinking of everything through their eyes, you know, from their point of view and really creating content that helps them, that answers questions for them, you know, that really does shoulder their burdens in, in one way or another. So I think those three things are really critical for quality content, you know, for good content. Yeah. And the part about empathy, you really go into a lot of depth. And I think that that 
is a linchpin of so much of this great writing. And I just, I I knew it intellectually, but seeing it described in the book uh, was very helpful. To me, empathy really is the key to great writing. And actually, it's the key to great marketing, too, as as it happens. So it sort Mm -hmm. of works out. Well, because content is becoming so much more important in marketing, (laughs) it's it's driving more empathy. So when I hear about a book about writing, you think, well, what? What, is it all grammar or, you know, what, what is it? And uh, I, I just wanted to real quickly walk through some of the sections. In the first part, it's writing rules, how to write better. But then it says how to hate writing less. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it talks about that. It's nothing, to be, uh, it's nothing to be feared. There is some grammar in usage, but it's the kind of thing where it's those areas that people seem to struggle with the most. Yes, exactly. It's really framed for a business audience. You know, a lot of people think that, It is just a grammar book, you know, and this really isn't a grammar book. There's a little bit in there only because I couldn't not talk about it. Mm -hmm. But it's really much more about, as you mentioned, you know, how to hate writing less, you know, sort of giving some handy sort of scaffolding and uh, and blueprints for for better thinking and better writing. Mm Because I think thinking is a a really key to, uh, to better writing. So you're right. Yeah, there is a little bit of grammar and usage in there. I also talk about story, you know, like how to how to create a story that's going to resonate with your audience. And I give some examples of some companies who I think do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about some publishing rules, which is really some of the, the rules that I ported over from my journalism career. You know, really some thoughts about or some instruction and, and some philosophies about copyright and publishing with integrity and how to get to the truth and citation and finding the right sources and not just a source, you know, that kind of thing. Some of the things that anybody who went to journalism school, I think, would recognize. As the book progresses, it becomes really much more how-to than people might realize. Then it gets into real specific stuff about there's a certain way you write for different mediums, like Twitter, or you've got a whole... (laughs) <laughs> a whole section on hashtags, which was one of the ones yes. that really had me laughing pretty hard. I won't read the part. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, the, uh, so the section you're talking about is 13 Things Marketers Write. And um, it's funny because that was a section that I really thought about leaving out because honestly, there's nothing in that section that I don't cover philosophically in the other four sections that precede it, mm-hmm. um, or three sections, I guess it is, that precede it. But I decided that I wanted to put something in there because, you know, I know that we're all, you know, really what we want is how to, you know, show me how to do this. And so I thought what that section really does is it brings some of the ideas that I talk about in generalities, you know, in the the previous three sections and really applies it to specific things that marketers need to write. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to be able to do that because I like that kind of, you know, that's how I learn. I need to sort of see something, you know, I need to be able to touch it and feel it. And I thought, you know... I thought that would be a sort of gift that I think marketers would appreciate without sounding too high-minded about it, but that was really what I was thinking. Well, and it was done with humor, and there's this one part about from New Yorker writer Susan Orlean with the hashtags. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of the ones where, for the listeners who have the book, it's page 199. Um, <laughs> that's one of the ones that really had me. It had to do with some reference she was making to uh, making out with some, someone else's husband. Not her, but it was a story about that. So... Um, yeah, the, and the hashtags that she used, it was like, what, like, hashtag um, kidding, hashtag he wishes, hashtag... Like I would it, admit uh, it anyway. Admit <laughs> it anyway, yeah, it was actually really funny. But, you know, using hashtags to convey a personality, almost like an aside. And so, like, that's the kind of thing where I, I wanted to, um, 
to offer some of the subtle ways that I think writing can be can be fun, you know. So mm-hmm. that was that's a great example, I think. Now, the last part of the book, the very end, part five, I read it in front of a computer because there were so many sites that you referenced that are helpful. And I'm thinking, oh, how, how did I not know about that one? Or So anyway, my bookmarks are now full of, of several others. It's not something you can just breeze through. You read through there and you go, wow, look at all those great stock photography sites. Let me ask just a couple questions and then we'll wrap up. Are there any marketing books you've read recently? That uh, is there one that you've read that you might recommend? Uh, yeah, actually. So I just read one over the holiday break, um, marketing process closed for two and a half weeks. So I got to do lots of things that I never get to do, um, which was in, including reading a couple of books. So, so I just got Seth Godin's new book, what to do when it's your turn. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, so, I've, I've read it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a huge Seth Godin fan. I, um, I really just admire the heck out of the guy and I didn't know what to expect with this book. And it's a different kind of book. You know, it's not necessarily a marketing book per se, but it's a book that's really heavy with inspiration about find, finding your place in the world, you know, and sort of not waiting to be invited to do something tremendous in your career, but really to, to make your own way. And so I read it with my two teenage children around, and I ended up giving them both copies of it because I thought it was just, a, it was really well done. And like I said, I mean, I am a huge Seth Godin fan, and I think he did a tremendous job with this book. Yeah, I found it really very encouraging, and you don't even have to be a, a marketer to, I don't know that he necessarily talks about that. It was like someone standing there saying, go ahead, it's going to be okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but go already. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a fun read, you know, it's a really fun read. And and, and the art direction is uh, really interesting, too, so it was, yeah. it was great. Any uh, books on your upcoming reading list? Upcoming reading list, marketing books or just books in general? Either one. Oh, um... So I have The Art of Social Media by Guy Kawasaki and Peg Fitzgerald, which I just cracked the binding on. So I haven't quite gotten very far with it. But interestingly, you know, I picked up that book. And I mean, they're both friends, so I can say this. But I picked up this book thinking there's probably nothing in here for me because, you know, I've been around social media for so long. But, you know, it's funny. I actually, I learned a few things reading it, uh, reading the, the beginning of it, which is only about as far as I got. I think I'm on like page you know, 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I don't know. It strikes me as actually a pretty useful book, even for people who have been around social media for a really long time, like me. So that's one that's on my list right now. I'm looking over at my bookshelf right now, thinking, is there anything else over there? I think that's the only one I can see that's sort of next on my, uh, on my list, definitely. Uh, well, Guy's going to be on the show, so I'm excited about that. He's also, you know, he's a very smart guy, but he's also very funny. If you've, for people, the listeners who've ever had the chance to see him speak, real, lots of common sense too. So, yeah. when you put that together with a book, I, I can't imagine, you know, it's not going to be a, a great one. Yeah, well, I mean, so much he does is great. But like I said, what I thought was interesting about this one is maybe, like, does the world need another social media book? I, I thought before reading that book, I would say no. But having looked through it, it's like, no, actually, it's really sound advice. So, that's one that I think is definitely worth investing in. Yeah. And which blogs do you enjoy reading to stay up to speed on the marketing world? I know there's lots, but yeah, that's, that's, besides marketingprofs.com. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, marketingprofs.com, for sure. Um, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, there's lots of smart people on Marketing Profs. And I mean, honestly, I learn a lot from my own site because I don't, you know, I don't write that content on there. I'm just, I find smart people to, to who do write it. So, um, so I actually do learn quite a bit 
But let's see, what else? I love Mitch Joel's blog. Seth Godin, I read him almost every day, not quite every day. But, um, who else? Do I? I mean, I get lots of information from Twitter. I mean, I use it as basically a curation tool and do a lot of uh, finding a lot of great stuff on, on Twitter and on Facebook, you know, just people who I'm connected with there, as well as LinkedIn Pulse, you know, that their, um, their new publishing platform. So I think that that's pretty much my go-to sources on a daily basis anyway. And how can listeners find out more about you and your book? So they can find out anything they want to know about me at annhanley.com. The website for the book is everybodywrites.com and has links to Amazon and any other place you might want to check it out. And you could also find me at Marketing Profs on Twitter or at Ann Hanley on Twitter. So, or on Google, just type in Ann Hanley. I think I still own the entire first page of, of Google now that Connecticut State Senator Mary Ann Hanley has retired. I think it's pretty much just me. So. Yes, well, you're very competitive that way. Yes. I know. Exactly. I couldn't wait. Pushed her right out of office. Right. Well, Ann, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for having me. It was a joy. Well, that's a wrap. Links to everything we talked about in this episode are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast newsletter so you can get each episode's show notes, links, and other resources emailed directly to your inbox on Fridays when each episode is published. I'd like to thank everyone who has left an iTunes review. I really appreciate all the feedback and encouragement. And the more reviews the show gets, the more exposure it gets on iTunes so that more people like you can find it. So let me ask you a question. Read any good books lately? I'd love to hear from you and get your recommendations. Just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and send me a message. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. This is Douglas Burdett, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. <laughs> No, I'll do it right. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to include bloopers <laughs> at the end. <laughs>